Welcome to the Geek Geek Podcast, where this is the end of season six. It's really weird. I'm Void. I'm here with my co-host, Beige. Uh, that's so weird, thinking about the end of season six. I know. Uh, today, we're talking about the best of the rest for 2021, and then we're taking a break, and then we'll be back sometime in January with the start of season seven, which is just crazy yeah. to think about. Um, so we did our games of the year. This is always our wrap-up episode, where we talk about all of the other things, the odds and ends that aren't games. So if you're looking for games, yeah. go back one episode. Um but yeah, as a reminder, similar to that episode, these are always based on what we experienced in the year. So 2021 for this recording, um, most of these things were released this year or had some piece of it that came out this year that, you know, inspired us to interact with them. But some of them are from previous years. Um, so it all comes down to like when we encountered it for the first time. Yep. And then I always like to flag the things that are technically out in this calendar year that haven't happened by the time we're recording. So you know that we're not forgetting about them. They just haven't existed yet. So um, as of us recording this, Matrix, Matrix Resurrections is not out yet. Neither is Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, most of Hawkeye is not out yet. And Book of Boba Fett hasn't started either. So all of those will be uh, eligible for like next year's version of this episode. Yeah, I mean, I'm super enjoying Hawkeye right now. It's probably what I look forward to the most, like, during the week. And I uh, probably look forward to this one as much as I did WandaVision and uh, more than the others. So if it sticks the landing, which I think it's going to, uh, it's definitely going to be in my uh, top stuff for next year. Like, as I think back and look at it, like, it is just fantastic. Yeah, and I'm interested in all of them. It's just that, like, yeah, Hawkeye I haven't watched much of yet, and the other ones just aren't even out yet. Um, so we can get into our honorable mentions. So this is kind of like all the odds and ends that didn't make our top five. Um, why don't you kick us off with some podcasts? So the podcast that I was listening to this year have uh, has been Critical Role Season 2. I'm around episode 60-something, 66 or something like that in uh, season two, and I really enjoy it. Like, I have never been able to get into it, but this year I kind of uh, made myself get through the first few episodes, and it clicked why people like it. So I've been listening to that, and I started season three, which is all new, and I'm pretty much keeping up with it as it as it goes and as it's new like coming out every week so it's interesting to be a part of of that as it happens instead of being a few years behind and i started the adventure zone ether sea and i love the idea of it and i think you'll talk about it a little bit more uh when it gets into yours but i didn't actually start the campaign of it i got distracted and really, it was distracted by Critical Role. Uh, so I never got into the actual episodes of it rather than the world building they did with The Quiet Year at the very, very beginning. So I finished that part of it and then didn't go back. And so I need to listen to all of it, which given how happy it made me last Christmas, uh, I may be doing that over Christmas break this time, too. But yeah, those are basically the only podcasts I listen to. Uh, Y'all know I don't listen to podcasts. Yeah, I um, I'll jump in here with my podcast then. So Adventure Zone Ether Sea, uh, it's probably a good one to double up on here. I I like it a lot. You know, the new campaign I think is the most fun that the show has been since the Balance Arc. And I know you okay. haven't you like you haven't listened to everything in between, but I've listened to it as it's all come out. And the last couple like arcs in between, they just didn't resonate with me as much. They weren't horrible. They weren't like bad. But I loved Balance, and I've been waiting for them to get some of that chemistry that they had there back, and they finally yeah. have that 
that same chemistry again with Ethercy. Like, granted, it's not as far along as the campaign yet, so they're still doing a lot of world building, a lot of character development, stuff like that. But I like it a lot, and the setting is cool, right? It's this like underwater magic ocean setting that has a lot of kind of like mystery to it, and it's fun to watch the world get built a little bit more every week. Um, but the thing is, you can tell that they're having fun and they're not taking it too seriously, and I think that's the key because a couple of the the arcs or the campaigns that they did in between balance and this one they just took like so seriously that they didn't give themselves as much room to like play around and have fun and now they're finally back to that like kind of a little bit goofy kind of a little bit just like wing it but in a fun way okay so so that's good to know because only having listened to balance it was part of the the whimsy that really made me like it. So I'm glad to know they're back. It back to that. And one thing that I I'm the main reason I'm hesitant, and I say hesitant is probably not the right word. One of the reasons I've put it off so far is because I tend not to like underwater stories. Like I don't like the sea. And I know that's weird, but uh, to say, but it's uh, those have just traditionally been the stories I care the least about is when they're nautical based. And so I'm interested to see how they do it. But also I'm just like, man, I may not care at all about this if it's uh, depending on how they handle it. Yeah, and I think it's handled really well. So it's been fun. Um, But the other podcast that I have in here is 99 Potions. So right. the one of the things I found this year is the FanBite Podcast Network. And FanBite is a site that has a bunch of geeky content. They cover all sorts of things, and they have a bunch of like niches that go into as well. So video games is one of those. But they do, yeah, they do other stuff, right? They do sports, they do wrestling, they do movies, they do like all sorts of things. So I ran across their podcast network, and I listened to a couple shows on the network right now and i like them to different extents this is the one that like came up just like above all the other ones and is now in my weekly rotation for listening i've listened to every episode i listened to the whole backlog i really enjoy it so 99 potions is their rpg video game podcast specifically and that's what they cover every week and so it's just nice to have like a focus show like that diving into rpgs um and i don't know it's fun like I, i love the chemistry of it i love the people on it like it was just a great find that's really cool. Like, that sounds like a fun show. If I listen to podcasts in general, I'm sure I would be checking that one out. Yeah, fair. Um, So, okay, how about books? You have a couple of books, right? So my books have been uh, mainly The Wheel of Time. I mean, these are massive, uh, long books. And uh, between The Wheel of Time and Dune is really the they're really the main series I've been reading this year. Uh, like I'd said a few episodes back that uh, I'm I'm investing myself in these two very epic series that can get kind of boring and wordy at times. And that way, when I get bored of one kind of boring and worried, like one, when I get tired of one kind of boring uh, writing, I can go into a completely different kind and it feels fresh. So I've just been bouncing back and forth between the wheel of time and the Dune series this year. And I'm near the end of book four of wheel of time. And I'm really, really enjoying it. It took a while for me to really get what was going on and i think listening to the audiobook of the first one uh really helped with that uh, but i'm i'm very much enjoying it and the dune series 
is the Doom series. I've read it multiple times, uh, at least the first few. And the second one is still like I remember it. It is just a bridge to book three. Not a lot happens. Uh, but I'm I'm reading those. And then uh, I, I mentioned earlier in the year that I'd bought a, a journal uh, called the Heroes Journal. And I'm still keeping up with it. It's sporadic, but um, I'm still writing and using it. And I even bought uh, some colored pencils and crayons to color in the... Uh, the it's part adult coloring book where you can kind of illustrate this uh this world and journey as it goes through the uh, like three four months of you using this particular book it's neat uh my wife actually saw me doing it over uh our our anniversary weekend and was like maybe something like that would uh, be good for me so they just released one that was uh, based around like magic uh, schools kind of like harry potter and uh it was like i can't remember the, the university of astoria or something and i bought that for her for christmas so we'll see if she likes it <laughs> and uh, ends up doing it or if it's something that just sits there but uh maybe she can use it as her planner for the coming year cool but, yeah, that's she, awesome she she may like it like i think it's a really cool idea to combine like productivity and like gratitude and self-reflection and i actually use it more for reflection than planning uh going through looking at what happened during the day or the week and uh kind of writing about that and journaling about how it goes it's it's been really interesting so it's been one that i've been able to keep keep doing but only because i can do it not regularly if that makes sense i don't hold myself like i have to write in this and use it every single day otherwise that gets to where i'm sometimes i just don't have anything new to plan my day is exactly the same as it was the day before it's like work on this wordpress article work on this wordpress article here's uh the cluster i'm working on for seo research that kind of thing but it's like i don't need to plan that out every day so it gets a little bit like oh what do i do today and but going back as a going back and reflecting on a few days or a few weeks or something that's happened has worked out really, really well. So I'm glad to, to see it's actually, I've actually stuck with this one. Good. Yeah. I didn't know you had stuck with it. That's really awesome. Um, for books for me, I, so we always talk about like, what's the, like maybe one thing that just didn't quite make the top five, but would be a number six for you. Um, there's a book series I ran into this year that falls into that slot for best of the rest so it's called viridian gate online and i think i've talked about it a couple times in passing Um, yeah but you and i have done a couple just like dipping our toes into the lit rpg series before which isn't a series so much as it's a genre i guess um but you know we've tiptoed into it a little bit here and there this is the first lit rpg um genre like book series that has ever consistently gotten its hooks into me so okay great and it's the same format it's the same basic premise as some of these other ones it's like where you get sucked into a fantasy world right so this one specifically is you get pulled into a fully immersive mmo um permanently and the way that they make it they do a twist on it is that like it's just a video game for a bit and then what happens is like the world is going to end except these servers are going to be safe and carry on so if you want to stay living through the apocalypse you have to fully commit to being in this mmo forever because like the rest of the world is going to get destroyed um and that's the basic premise like all of that happens in the first I don't know, like eighth of the first book. Like it's not the main thrust of what you're talking about. It's really a story of like living in an MMO. And I didn't know if I would like it, but I gave it a chance. And now I've read through the entire main series and I've read a bunch of the spinoff series as well. So I, I really like it. And it's like, 
it's not fantastic. It's not something I can just <laughs> it, it's like junk food reading, right? Yeah. Um, it's not something that I can say this is like literary genius that I would recommend to everybody because I can't and I know that. Um, but it, like if they were to release another one right now, I would absolutely buy it in a heartbeat and read it or listen to it or whatever, because it's like just the perfect kind of like not bad, but not great. Just kind of like junk like i know exactly what i'm in for when i get into exactly. the next book you know and i'm enjoying it for what it is and i really like books like that uh that was something going through all of the english classes uh getting the the couple of degrees that really solidified for me is that yes there there is absolutely literature that matters and has shaped the world and sometimes you just want to read something dumb and that's okay like you are there is literature whose entire purpose is to entertain you and that's what it is and there is nothing wrong with reading fluff uh because it is doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing and uh, you're doing exactly what works for you uh so it's one of those things i've seen people who like look down on themselves and i know you're not like that but i've seen people who are just like yeah i should be reading things with more substance but instead i'm reading th this lit rpg book and i'm like no you love it that's what it is own it like there is nothing wrong with that whatsoever yeah and it's like, great it is like it's great, great for what it is and Every time I pick up another one, I know what I'm in for, right? They're going to level up. They're going to yep. get some new powers. Maybe they'll get a new, like, party member. They're going to have conflicts with the other um, the other factions that are in the game. Like, it's... I, I know what I'm signing up for, and I just love it. So, anyway, yeah. that's one that surprised me that I got so into it. Um, but I enjoy it. And, like, if they keep releasing them, I'll keep reading them. Um, which probably gets us into the shows and movies, videos, kind of like anything watchable, where your list is way more extensive than mine this year. So, let's start with you. Okay, so apparently this year where I couldn't invest in video games and get more than just a few minutes in on them, uh, it was the opposite for TV shows. Uh, TV shows and movies uh, were really my big thing this year, uh, going back and looking at them. Um, my nephew got me to finally finish watching The Clone Wars, uh, and then I ended up watching The Bad Batch as well, which I just fell in love with. It was great. Um, a couple episodes back, you and I talked about the Dune movie, yeah. uh, how we fell on completely different sides of that. Um, I've been looking forward to it for so long, and I thought it was a masterpiece. Um, so if y'all want to hear about that, go back a couple episodes, and it's labeled Dune and some other things. Um, my wife and I found Veep, uh, V-E-E-P, on, uh, I think we watched it on HBO, but I think I can't remember if it was an HBO show or a Cinemax show originally, but I think it was HBO. Um, and we ended up just loving it. It is a show that we, you, it's a show that we would normally hate, uh, like the premise of because it is a show about completely unlikable people um but the writing on this one did really really interesting things and they made it where you always you never saw these people as being the truly terrible humans they are um you saw them as being bad people who you could laugh at which helped it a great deal um uh we rewatched avatar the last airbender uh which is probably my wife's favorite show uh now she just loves oh, avatar like she fell in love with avatar it's one of her favorite shows ever and uh, it is super good watching it a second time it's great um i finally got into invincible on amazon prime which is definitely an honorable mention it is great a great 
great. Um, it, it goes a completely different way than I expected it to. Uh, I finally got in the mood for an animated adult type show, like a mature show. I shouldn't say it's adult. Um, yeah. Deals with a, a few issues that other comic books can't because of it being uh, more mature. And I like it. I like how it handles things. Um, Jupiter's Legacy on Netflix was fantastic. It was it was so good, and I've heard so many bad things about it. I watched it in a day. It was so good. I binged all of it when I was sick. And so I highly suggest that to anybody who uh, really likes superhero shows. Uh, and it's a little different. Like it, It's different. It took me about a half an episode to get into an episode, and then by the end of it, I was like, yep, this is, this is something I love. I've been watching the Cowboy Bebop show as well, never having seen the anime. I love the show. I have no idea uh, about the anime, never even seen a scene from it, even though everyone tells me I need to, but I'm watching the live action show beforehand. uh, So I'm not influenced one way or another, but as a standalone piece of television, it's stylized and super fun. So I really like it. I can't wait to finish it. And then the other day I started arcane, uh, the league of legends, uh, show on Netflix. Have you seen any of it? Yes. So I almost put it on my list here, but I've only watched four of the, I think it's nine or 10 episodes. And so I decided I'm going to hold it, um, for next year eligibility because I want to finish it. But the four episodes I've watched, I absolutely loved. I'm so impressed. And I think it's probably one of the best shows I've watched this year. I just haven't finished it. I'm like halfway through. Yes. So you and I are at the exact same spot. I've seen the first four episodes and I actually am the opposite. I saw these first four episodes and I was expecting so little out of it that I had to mention it this year because even within the first four episodes, it has hooked me and I see the quality, the quality in writing and the quality in the voice acting that I absolutely wanted to uh, to mention it. That if anybody's been like me, where it's just like, I don't really want to watch a League of Legends cartoon, uh, do it. It doesn't matter. I cannot stand the game or the toxic community, but this makes me want to play it. And I have to keep stopping myself from installing League of Legends. Um, but it's a very good story. I don't know any of these characters from the game. I don't know anything at all. It's just genuinely good on its own. So I had to mention it uh, because I was at the same spot you are, but I'm really hoping the end of the show keeps up with how good the first part of it is. Yeah. And the other thing is, it's interesting. I feel like we'll probably talk about this more in our first episode of next year once we both finish it. But it's really interesting because it's part of Riot Games' push into all of these other genres and stories and things because they're trying to get away from League of Legends and just build out the world, you know, that they kind of have hinted at through that. But this is really the world building and the storytelling. And so this show is just, it's fantastic. But the other thing is, they also, and I guess I don't know if you know this, but they released a couple games right around the same time like within a week or two of this so there's an rpg out there in the same world so if you're looking for like a video game fix that goes alongside arcane that is not league of legends you can go get that it's called ruined king and then i think there's another one that's like an infinite platformer or something i don't remember what that one's called and they've also announced that there's a fighting game coming and uh, everyone knows they've been working on an mmo for the future so like they're really trying to build out this world you can tell Wow, that that's really awesome. And, uh, you know, just speaking of Riot Games and everything like that, uh, one of the I found out. So I started playing D&D uh, in person last week and had been playing it online with some local folks. Uh, 
over the past year and i learned that one of the uh, the guys who had been dming for us actually when we uh started being friends on facebook i saw that he was a software engineer for riot games uh which is really cool like i haven't bugged him about it yet or anything but i plan on it entirely doing so <laughs> cool um like that's really cool for me so i don't have as many right like i just i did watch movies this year a lot of them were for the disney forever podcast so they're disney movies um but not a lot of them were new to me or if they were they weren't like recent ones they were older ones that i just didn't love um so the really the only thing that jumped out here uh that didn't make it in my top five anyway is um bridgerton and bridgerton is Mm. one of those like it's a shondaland costume drama and that's kind of like all you need to know you're either going to like it or you're going to hate it based on that if you don't like costume dramas don't go near this one if you don't like shondaland shows and if you don't know what i mean by that it's like gray's anatomy and like all of the shows that have spun off from that same creator if you don't like those shows don't look at this one if you do like those two (laughs) things and you haven't seen bridgerton you need to go watch it right now because it like it it's perfect for that kind of show viewing um I, my wife and I watched this together. We really liked the first season and we absolutely are just like super excited that season two has been greenlit as in production and we'll watch more of it as it keeps coming out. So yeah, that one's an honorable mention, not quite a thing of the year. I do have a couple other things I watched that are up in my top five, but I'll save those for later. Um, And then you had one just kind of like miscellaneous thing too, right? Yeah, so I have been, uh, I, I got this chair, and it's uh, a Razor Isker chair, um, and I'm just mentioning this because it is the most solid, comfortable, like, office-slash-gaming chair that uh, that I've had, um, and I bring this up because I got it, and I sit cross-legged a lot, and so I wanted people to know who were listening to this that this is a, a big gaming chair that's, like, solid metal and leather and i think it's synthetic leather but it's uh and it's really really nice but it's got a big enough base that i can sit cross-legged and work and not feel like i'm cramped and uh falling out of the chair or anything so i if you sit like that and you've been looking for like a gaming chair that's not like fully enclosed and going to uh like like cramp you and you can't get comfortable this one's like that because i'm sitting like that right now um i'm one of those people who kind of hunkers up and uh sits cross-legged all the time everywhere i'm at so uh definitely check out the razor isker chair if you're looking for one like that because it's it's super good for it (laughs) ergonomics are important because we keep getting older and even if you're not yet as a listener you will you'll get there we all do um yeah this is not ergonomically good for me like hunched over uh cross-legged like bad for my hips and knees but it's going to be bad whenever uh, it breaks me uh (laughs) but it's yeah super super good chair for that so check it out all right um we won't give you the whole rundown like we normally do in the middle of a show um just because this is one of the few times a year where we ask for reviews because we don't do that every week um so after this you probably won't hear us ask for reviews again until next year's like mid-year episode or maybe even end of the year um but they make a huge difference so whatever podcast platform that you're listening on if you can go give a thumbs up give a star give a review um apple Podcasts in particular if you're on that platform that helps a lot with discoverability any of those things that you could do if you do it right now because you will not remember later i know how this goes i've listened to many podcasts you're like oh yeah i should do that and then you just forget but if you do it right now it would be fantastic um yeah it helps a lot it does it really really does so uh just go it takes just a couple of seconds 
Uh, really, it does, does take a couple of seconds. Like if you're on an iPhone, you give a star review. Don't even have to write anything. So let us know what you think. Yeah, absolutely. And that gets us to uh, best of the rest, the top five for, well, top 10. But each of us has a top five. You guys know how this works yep. by now, hopefully, uh, for 2021. Um, let's start with you. What's your number five? So my number five is actually, it actually goes along kind of with uh, the chair, is that uh, I did an episode, a solo episode a few months back of the EWIN gaming desk that uh, I was given. And this thing has really, truly made my life better. Um, It is worth picking up like a, this is the first time I've ever bought, I've ever used anything. I can't say I bought it because they they sent it for review. Um, But it is big and sturdy and I have yet to be able to break it or scratch the surface of it or anything. And I'm really, really rough with furniture and everything. Like I'm, while I try to take care of it, like I'm still rough on it. It wears out real quick because I don't uh, treat things as well as they should be treated. And this one has held up like it's new. Uh, like I don't have scuffs on it anywhere. It is, it's just solid. And I wanted to say that having a bigger desk that I don't have to worry about, like it being a non-entity, just sitting down and it being there and not something I have to uh, constantly rearrange stuff or uh, feel like I'm going to break or, or scuff or deal with anything has been great. So, uh, go back and listen to the E-Win racing, uh, episode I did talking about it all, but it's got the lights and everything thing on it where it's really pretty but it's solid and honestly my work has been better because of it so i had to give that my number five this year to uh to this new desk like it's it's super cool um mine is an app so the fitbot app which i think i talked about at mid-year and maybe some other time but i've been using this in the background all year um I run mainly for exercise and I've gotten into a very good exercise habit since the pandemic started um, where I'm running most days. And the thing that I was missing was every once in a while I need a rest day. I don't take them as often as you're actually supposed to, but probably once a week it would be nice to like not run the distance I normally run. And so I was trying to get into weightlifting and it's just like, I don't like weightlifting. And so I was like, I need to find the right app with the right approach that works for me. And I figured if I just like shotgun approach and like tried a bunch of them, um, I could find the right one. And so I did that work for you so that nobody else has to do this work. The FitBot <laughs> app is the one to do. I absolutely love it. Like it has all of the exercises you could hope for, but like uh, two of the things I love, um, I mean, a lot of it is just things you would expect from any app, right? You can like save a workout, save a routine. Um, you can like look up exercises, but a couple of the, like the killer features for me are one, you can um, set all of your workout equipment. So like everything that I have in my, like I have one section of my basement that's basically just like a mat and like a treadmill and some weights and like a weightlifting bench now. So you can input all of your, um, equipment that you have and you can hit a button and it'll just generate a workout for you. Just like no input needed from you. Just like generate me a workout based on this saved profile that I have of all the equipment around me. So that's really cool. That is really like, I'm, I'm the same way. Like I've been really bad about exercising this year and i'm working on getting back into that and this is this is the kind of app that would work for me because i'm the same way with strength training i don't tend to like it but uh i could do something like this i think well and then the other thing that i really like is just how uh, it like it adapts right so one of the things that happens is 
uh, as you do exercises, it prompts you like, was that too hard? Was that too easy? How'd you feel after you did that? Um, and it will, based on the equipment that you have, the next time that you just hit a button to generate a workout, it's like, okay, increase your weight on this or reduce your reps on that or increase your reps right. on this thing. And so it's the kind of work that I never want to do. Like, I don't want to go get a personal trainer. I don't want to go to a gym. I don't want to figure this out on my own. But when the app just does it for me, I love that about it. And then the other thing that is the absolute like second killer feature for me is um, the fact that every exercise, when you go into it to like log your reps or see your sets or whatever, there is a little, um, it's almost like a GIF instead of a full video that's just like down below at the bottom of that section. And the thing is, um, I don't need a full video every time that like I'm trying to learn an exercise or like, you know, it, it has a full description. If you want to click through, it'll give you an explanation. But once you know the exercise in general, all I need is that little prompt. I need to see like five seconds of somebody doing it. I don't need to actually watch like a two minute explainer video. And so the fact that they have this little like five to 10 second gif of somebody doing the exercise at the bottom made a world of difference to be as I was trying to learn the different exercises, like, what is this one again? Like, I don't recognize this name, click into it and just glance. And I go, Oh, right. This one. Okay. I know what I'm doing. Um, so those were kind of like the main features I loved, but I absolutely love this app. I still don't like weightlifting that much, but because I have to take break days from running, um, this is my go-to on those days. Yeah. I mean, that is exactly what you're supposed to do. Uh, stuff like that though. I am the opposite. I like the uh, explainer videos because I like, uh, knowing, I, I like knowing the in-depth part of it and the, you know, why you're needing proper form and which muscles are activated, that kind of thing. Well, and but it it's a completely too, different right? kind of, uh, oh, it does have those yeah. as well. It's like, if you want to click the through GIF. Okay. to like another level of depth, you can. But the thing is, after you've learned it once or twice, you don't need that full, like two minute explanation every time. Yeah. You just need a quick reminder of like, what is this? What does it look like again? Oh yeah. Okay. I got it. You know, that's fair. Yeah. Yep. I understand. Yeah. Cool. Um, what's your number four? Uh, so my number four this year is the Foundation TV show on Apple TV. Ah, I've heard it a little was bit about that from various people, but like so good. Okay, that's so good. good. Uh, I read a few of the books. I think three of the books when I was in college, and I really liked them. And I don't remember much about them. Um, from what I do remember, this show is a very loose adaptation of it, though. Like I know that they have done uh, some some different kinds of casting with uh, changing up like different characters and uh, different kind of like uh, one of the main characters is a woman instead of a man. That kind of thing that does not really alter the story at all the actors are who they hired and they're they're great um the main thing about this show though is lee pace uh who the first time i ever saw him was in pushing daisies as i think his name was ned the one who touches have you ever seen that like long time ago about i think it was 2008 that it was on i don't i know Um, of it i don't think i actually watched it it, it was great, and it was about a guy who anything he touched, uh, he could bring people back to life or bring things back to life, but it killed something else uh, just by touching it. So, And if he touched it again, they were dead forever. So like, he worked in a pie shop. It was hilarious. Like It was great, and he was great. Uh, he also played uh, Ronan in Guardians of the Galaxy. He was the Elf King in the Hobbit movies. Um, he's done really, really good things uh, since then, except for the Hobbit movies. But like, he is a great actor, and he plays one of the emperors in this show and is brilliant at it it is by far the best thing that lee pace has ever done and the way that the show is set up that 
he played there are three emperors and they're all clones of the original emperor of this line and he plays the middle emperor being the 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 uh, just adult male the adult man um but they're constantly rotating at certain ages uh the old one is uh uh replaced by the middle one when they die and then they get a new young one who then grows up to be a uh, the middle one um dawn day and dusk they call them but he plays different people different versions of this same emperor different clones who have slightly different histories and personalities and is just done so well and so the entire show was done super well and i cannot recommend it enough i probably would not have given it the time of day being an apple tv show uh if i had didn't know the basis of it the the isaac asimov uh, novels but um but i know other people are like that it is definitely worth picking up. Like I was hooked in episode one because I was like, Oh, this is the kind of sci-fi show I love. Like this is a science fiction show and it, it kind of feels like an Asimov show, uh, but modernized, which is exactly what I wanted. So if that sounds like your kind of thing, uh, y'all need to, y'all need to go watch this on Apple plus get your, uh, get your trial and watch, uh, watch out, watch, uh, Ted Lasso and foundation. Oh, I didn't include Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is also tied for number four because it's brilliant. Uh, it's just great too. It's on Apple plus. So I think Apple plus TV shows are my uh, number four. All right. Fair. Yeah. I keep meaning to like pick up that trial at some point. I just don't have the free time, but at some point I'll pick up the trial and I'll try like all the Apple TV shows that I haven't gotten around to. But every time I just wait a little longer, more of it builds up. And so it'll be an even better idea when I get around to it. It's true because I signed up for it. The only reason I signed up for it is I got an iPad last year, uh, treated myself for it, and it came with a year of Apple Plus. So I just... I just clicked the button, had it, and then whenever I decided to watch it, it was just there. So I didn't, uh, it was just easy on that one. Like, just like Apple, it just works. <laughs> cool. Um, So my number four, I did say that there were a couple things I'd watched this year that made it in my top five. So this is one of them, is WandaVision. Um, I feel like the MCU on Disney Plus has been uh, of varying quality. Some of it is good some of it's great some of it's not so good um and wandavision is by far like my top pick of the year i just absolutely loved it um i didn't think i would going into it i really had low expectations and it blew away all my expectations and i loved all of like the filmmaking that went into it all of this like throwbacks to different eras of tv shows and sitcoms um and then on top of that the actual story that it's telling within the mcu was well and or was well done um and then I I know that this one really resonated with me because I watched it multiple times. And like, I just, anytime that happens, I know that something has hooked me. So I watched WandaVision as it was coming out. And then when it was fully out, I went back and I rewatched the whole show by myself. And then there was a day where my kids were talking about it and they're like, Oh, I didn't, they didn't realize that like MCU shows had been coming out. So, um, I watched the whole thing with them. So I watched WandaVision three times and I liked it every single time. I still like it a lot. So yeah, I, I just love that show. It is so good. It's one of, it is the best of the Disney plus shows, uh, hands down for me. Uh, and I love it because I loved, I love like Dick Van Dyke and that era of classic TV. So I really appreciate those first few episodes where they're doing like really experimental stuff. And I was hooked from the moment I heard about it. Uh, I knew from the logo and the name 
it was going to be weird and i knew going in that uh, it was going to be something i loved because of the wandavision automatically meant like 50s and 60s tv show uh with the logo and retro logo they did so it it held up uh hit every every beat that i wanted and has just i'm i'm sad that because of the way the narrative was told they can't do a season 2 but wandavision as a series is just fantabulous uh absolutely deserves to be there yeah absolutely uh what's your number three squid game uh i loved squid game i loved it so much and uh, i included it here because uh like i'd said before i found it before i knew that it was a thing so i was halfway through it by the time i started like being able to talk to other people about it because i just thought it was this thing on netflix and so going through it uh, not knowing that it was like this cultural like touchstone for a little while uh, made it so much better for me because I had no expectations of it. So I was really surprised by Squid Game when it first came out and just loved it. I still think about it like it's one of those where uh, the more I think about it, the more I, I just haven't gone back to to rewatch it. But I'm absolutely going to uh, that. I've just been watching other things that it is brilliant. It it has good commentary it has good acting. Just fantastic show all the way around. Good production value. I cannot wait for season two uh, of this show to come around just so I can see what it's what they're going to do with it. Cool. Yeah, I like Squid Game a lot, too. Not as much as you, obviously, but I'm glad that it made it on your list so we could talk about it a little bit. Um, Super good. So three for me is uh, Bo Burnham's new special, Inside. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I watched through WandaVision three times. I've watched Inside, like, I don't know, eight, nine, ten, like way more than I ever watch anything. Like, I don't know the good last time Lord. that something resonated with me the way that this one did. Um, And like, it's a musical, you know, you know like most of it is music even though it is a comedy special and i suspect susceptible to that like i like musicals um but it's just the subject matter and the way it was shot i mean it was shot edited produced like everything by bo burnham in his own house or in his like one of the houses like um i think it's his guest house like on the property he owns um but like the whole thing was like done in that one house and it's just like you can tell that it is a reflection of the pandemic and everything that we've lived through because it's about being trapped inside for a long period of time and kind of just like being on your own isolated from people, even though the world is still going on outside. And it's such commentary on the world as it is today and everything from like social media to brands to just, I don't know, like little goofs in between and I don't know. It it worked for me. And it's a reflection of like where we are right now as a culture and a society in so many different ways. And if it was just the comedy piece, it probably wouldn't make the top three for me. It's the fact that there's the comedy piece plus the music, which is really well done. But really the thing that puts us into my top five are the production techniques behind it, because that's my background was video production. Right. Like, so no. that's something that that you really can latch on to about it. Yeah. Knowing what it takes to like write, shoot, direct, edit, like everything start to finish on your own, this entire thing. That is what pushes it so high on my top five of the, of the year. It's just it's incredible from that standpoint. It is an incredible piece of art. It is meaningful. It is every bit a masterpiece. 
and I don't think I'll ever be able to watch it again because it is troubling in so many different ways that I am not emotionally capable of dealing with. Um, I loved it. My wife had to turn it off about halfway through because it really started to affect her. Um, and I finished it by myself and like, I love the songs. I think that everything he did about it was great, but it is such a piece that looks at that time of all of our lives that, and and just the society around it. Um, I can't watch it again. I, uh, I'm glad reaction. that you can. Uh, it is strong, it is powerful, and it is 110% worth watching. Um, and there are a couple of songs I've listened to uh, multiple times, but as a whole cohesive thing, a uh, piece of art, cannot do it all at once. It is too much for me um, based on the last couple of years I've had. And I think that that your circumstances, I say you're as in collective, not you as in void, uh, your circumstances greatly affect how this piece uh, is consumed, how you see it and what you can get out of it. Um, For me, incredibly meaningful, uh, incredibly reflective and self-reflective and like reflective on society. And it sits there as its own thing that I cannot go back to outside of a few smaller parts. Um, I think it's really cool that you can because that invites further reflection, uh, further meaning. And uh, it's just, it's like you said, it's great. Everything about it is great. Yeah, it's I, w- I would say that if you're on the fence about this one um, after hearing us talk about it, because your point of view is very valid. And I've heard that from other people and I can totally see where you land there. Um, I would say he's posted a lot of the songs individually on YouTube and other places now. So if you go and you search for Bo Burnham, Welcome to the Internet, that is one song from this special. And it's basically the thesis statement, even though it doesn't happen until maybe 75 percent of the way through. Watch that yeah. one and see what you think. If you like that one, probably go watch the special. If that one doesn't work for you or you feel like you're bouncing off in a weird way, then you're like, oh, okay, I'm, a, I'm safe to skip it. Um, yeah, but that gets us to your number two. What's number two for you? So number two for me is all of my Lego. Um, I got super into Lego this year, uh, way more than I ever thought that I ever would uh, since I didn't do it as a kid. But uh, having a couple of hobbies that are not on screens has been massive for my mental health uh being able to just uh move away from the laptop move away from the television and the phone uh just sitting down looking at a paper book and putting stuff together with my hands it's great uh seeing these castles come together and these robots like i just i love it my i actually changed offices and i'm working on getting more shelves because right now i don't have any more places to put uh my lego sets and so i'm i love them though uh it is it has been a great thing for me this year uh and in the tv part of it uh, i started watching the lego master show uh it is really fun and seeing the amazing things that people can do with just these little plastic bricks is mind blowing. Um, 
after seeing we waited in line in the rain at Disney Springs uh, on the way back up from Austin Grace's house this year um, and seeing like the Kylo Ren statues that they've done of all the and all the other Star Wars ones. Like it's just it just got me into wanting to uh, do this. So it's I'm, I'm looking over at them right now and uh, it's just they make me happy. And so it's definitely number number two on my list where it is. It's just it's just good stuff. And uh, I love it i mean that's that's about what it is like i like making these things because they make me happy and it gets me off of screens the only thing surprising to me about that is that it's not number one after how much you've yeah. talked about it all year um yeah. i fully expected lego or something lego adjacent to be number one for you so i'm glad that it's on your list and it's so high but i am surprised that something beat it so i'll talk about that yeah. in a second um my number two is this was hard because uh, my one and two actually were very easy to pull out. I struggled so much with which order to put these in, and I still don't know if I landed on the right order. I think I did. Hmm. I think I did. Um, but I debated my number one, number two slot a lot. Both of these are books, and they both had a big impact on me. They just left an impression, and I've been thinking about them all year. And that's one of those things, or as, since I read them or listened to them anyway. Um, and that's one of those things that, like, is a real measurement for me of how much something matters and how much impact it's had is like, do I keep thinking about it after I'm done consuming that piece of content or taking it in? And both of these, that's absolutely true. Like my mind has gone back to them and I haven't actually reread them, but I probably will at some point, but I've just been like turning them over in my head and thinking them through. So number one and number two, they could have gone either way. Um, but for now, I'm going to say number two is The Midnight Library. And this is a book about um, somebody kind of gets on the edge of death and they're put into this midnight library where all of these books on all of these shelves represent different lives that they could have had if they had taken different choices, taken different paths in life. And it's an infinite library where you can explore every different permutation of your life that's ever been possible. And that as a premise was super interesting to me but also like it really digs into feelings and like feelings of um depression and regrets but also there's a philosophy side here it touches on multiverses it touches on other lives and other states of being and what if you're in this and you could be happier what if you did this with your life how would you feel about that and it is not a book to read if you are not in a good headspace is what i will say but generally I I just keep going back to the thoughts that this book brought up and like the philosophy behind it and the thinking and I've just been turning it over in my head for most of a year. Um I absolutely loved it. Like the Midnight Library was just so good. It's just so incredible. So as much as something like Viridian Gate Online is like junk that's not literary and is not a masterpiece, this is a book that absolutely it's it's literary. It is like a masterpiece to me. I just thought it was incredible. Yeah, I mean, I remember you talking about it and it sounding great. And just just looking at the stuff that you've read this year, the stuff that's on your list, um, I see how different our headspaces are this year, too. Yes, very um, much. Where, where you are in a space where you can and can deal with this and want to see it and really get good meaning out of it, where I'm in a space where if I were to read that, uh, the way that I felt most of this year, um, there, there it would absolutely destroy me emotionally um right yeah don't read it it sounds so great yeah i'm not going to like no 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 the so number one number one so good 
Um, number one for me is actually Schitt's Creek, uh, the TV show uh, that I've heard so many good things about um, and never could watch. I watched the first two episodes and was like, oh, no, 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 not for me. Uh, Jennifer and I finally had enough people talking to us about it that we sat down and gave it a real shot. I gave it a real shot. She was just like, I heard good things. Let's get through this. Um it is one of the best TV shows I've seen in years um, in terms of just handling topics, handling characters, and just making me cackle. It was a show I can't think of. I can think of two shows, uh, New Girl and Parks and Rec, that have made me like just cackle the entire time just guffaw and this did that this year so much that i hurt as i laughed at this uh i got to where we binged the 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 i think it was three seasons it might have been four seasons uh where i binged maybe it was six seasons i don't man there's so many i don't remember we binged all of these within just a few weeks and it was so good i want there to be so much more of it because you fall in love with these characters and they're absurd characters they are caricatures of every last little thing and everything on the show is crafted in some way that it's just it's just perfectly done it's one of the few shows after i've seen it now where i'm glad that they stopped the show because they told this story and they told it exactly like it needed to be told uh if you've been on the fence about it like i have if you're listening you're like i don't know one way or the other yeah it is it is definitely worth it jennifer and i have uh we're gonna go back and watch it again no doubt in my mind cool yeah that was one where i've gotten a couple seasons or i got, think i got somewhere to season two and i just kind of didn't get back to it there are parts i really yeah. liked there are parts that i didn't but everything i've heard is that like the further you get into it the better the show gets and i think i just didn't quite get far enough yeah it it is it's it, I, I, we heard the same thing so that's why i was just like okay i'm gonna go through this and i'm gonna give it a real shot and it does the further you get into it the more this little world gels and it becomes a community that it's like i would like to live there it's like i would love to to go and just be a part of this little community and i think i would be happy there and that doesn't happen that much it's like i would love just to be like it's this just great representation of people and just like i it's hilarious i can't I can't speak highly enough of it uh, that as you get through it, you'll definitely I think as you get through. Yeah, I think it's six seasons now uh, as you get through them. I think you'll absolutely see why people say that, like it really gets fleshed out and it it made me cry a couple of times. And I did not expect that out of how goofy of a show it starts out. Cool. I'm glad you liked it so much. That's awesome. Super good. Um, so for me, my number one is a book because I already gave that away. Um, but it's The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. And yeah. the reason I ended up going with this for number one instead of number two, because I said I really debated those two. This one is more of a story. Whereas like The Midnight Library, it is a story. It has a through line. But there's a lot of investigating like other lives and jumping around like that library that I talked about. These infinite possibilities. Whereas The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, that's actually at my number one. It's more of a... I don't want to say the other one's not not cohesive, but this is just more of like a full package narrative. Um, and so I, I liked that. But the thing about this book is that like 
I think it is the best book I've read this year, um, which is why I'm putting it at number one. It's about being immortal, but the curse that she gets in exchange for immortality is that she cannot be remembered. And so it's about being immortal, but being forgotten along the way. And you're unable to leave a lasting impression on the world, right? So it's like things she writes, things she draws, things that she interacts with basically get undone as soon as she steps away from them. She can be remembered just long enough if she's like within eyesight of somebody, um, they will remember her as long as she's like near them. As soon as they like break eye contact, as soon as she's out of sight and then she reappears, they've forgotten everything about her. So it's also a, a story that's kind of a little bit of a meditation on like loneliness and um, the feelings that come with that and all of these other things around it. But she starts finding the edges of her curse and ways that she can leave an imprint on the world through other people and through those like little bits of time where people do remember her or she's interacting with somebody so she ends up trying to be the inspiration for art and for artists or you know she can't write something down but can she inspire somebody else to write something down and then can that leave a lasting impression on the world and so that's kind of like the first half of the book and then it gets to a part where it's getting closer to modern day and she runs into somebody else with a curse that's not exactly like hers and i don't want to spoil it because it would be a spoiler but i will say somebody else with a complimentary curse and she starts interacting with them and the rest of the book becomes about that and how like their two curses mm. kind of intertwine in a way that in some ways cancel each other out and in other ways don't um and so it's just fascinating it's a fascinating look at like what that would do to a person but also it's just a really good story um all the way through so yeah i i loved this book like it was fantastic i really should go reread it but as i was thinking back on my year i think this is probably the best narrative that i ran into this year yeah, that one sounds so good that I'm I'm going to get to it. And again, it's just not where my headspace has been to be able to deal with uh, being forgotten uh, over the last couple of years. But it's something because that's actually something that I've dealt with uh, with like depression and anxiety and like the loss of my parents is the idea of being forgotten. So there is no way. I would be able to, again, emotionally handle that right now, but it's uh, definitely something that sounds so intriguing that I'm coming back around to it whenever I can. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. It was great. Like, I'm so glad that I found two books that went in number one, and number two, because they were both so good this year. So I've been trying to get more books into my life um, and not all of them are fantastic, but I'm trying to get through a lot so that you can find a couple gems every year. That's always my goal. Yeah. Um, so these are the two that jump to the top. That's that's it. That's it for this year. That's it for this season. Uh, we're going to take a break for the holidays and we'll be back in January, probably not right at the beginning of January, because that's hard from a work perspective for me. Yep. Um, but we will be back in January with the start of season seven and we'll probably have almost a full month of just geekery to catch up on. So whatever we've been doing uh, in December, we will talk about in January. Yeah, almost certainly. Yep. Yeah, we usually have a lot. I'm excited. I'm excited to have some time off for the holidays and to dig into a bunch of geeky stuff and then report back about what was cool and give you guys more recommendations and talk it through. Um, yeah, same. Yeah. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have great discussions on Slack and Discord. You can go to geek2geekmedia.com for invite links. And while you're there, make sure to check out all of the other content on our network, like video game reviews, blogs, and our Patreon content. I blog at agreenmushroom.com. You can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm also on the Disney Forever podcast where we watch and react to a different Disney movie every week.
And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beach. That's Beach with two E's. And I also co-host the Dragon Quest FM podcast, a show about the Square Enix RPG series. We've been Void and Beach with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Happy New Year, y'all. Bye. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games. Star Wars. Comics. Movies. K-pop. Disney Plus. Keanu. Keanu Reeves. New. Or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu.